Hey, good morning, everybody. Happy game day and welcome into it. This is Game Quest of AllQuest.com Game Day Podcast. I'm Eric Kane alongside Grant Ramey, and it's the third Saturday in October. It is Tennessee at Alabama, 3.30 CBS Eastern Time kick. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a good one, and uh, really, really looking forward to seeing what happens down there in Tuscaloosa, Alabama over the next 40 or so minutes. Grant Ramey and I are going to preview this game, every single angle, going to hear from Josh Heupel, what he has to say about some of those players, about the environment from Cooper Mays. We'll give our score predictions. Um, we'll give some bold predictions, and uh, we're going to have a whole lot of fun. But uh, right off the top, Grant, I want to ask you, man, this is um, it's the third Saturday in October, and I think one of the beautiful things about if you're a Tennessee fan, there's a couple of games that you get up for every single year. And so for you and I, and I know you're a couple years older than me, but for you and I, we might say Florida. But I bet our dads would say Alabama. You know, I bet our grandpas might say Vanderbilt. I mean, of course, Georgia's in there. Kentucky, you don't want to lose to. Third Saturday in October, kind of where where is that on the on the uh, on the scale for you? For me personally, yeah, uh, I, I'm a, I'm the same. Like you said, we're the similar age. We grew up in the '90s. I grew up in the '90s. From I remember '95 and what happened in '95 and how big that was uh, to for to go to Alabama and and for Peyton Manning and Tennessee to beat Alabama the way they did. But from 95 to, I can't even remember what year Tennessee didn't lose to Alabama. And it just no. felt like a given that the Alabama game was going to be a win. So that's the, and at that same time frame, you couldn't buy a win against Florida. So our generation, we grew up looking at Florida as the rivalry, the team you had to uh, beat in the SEC East in September. That was always the tone setter for the entire season for that entire division. If you were going to Atlanta, it started with a win. If you're Florida over Tennessee or if you're Tennessee, a win over Florida. So historically, obviously Alabama is Alabama. And it's the third Saturday in October and it's Tennessee's biggest rival. And they both sides smoke cigars after wins and all that stuff. For us, our age is probably Florida, but I understand the historical significance. I have that third Saturday in October book that breaks down every single game dating back to the start of this thing. I can't remember when it was published, but I was reading it in high school, uh, reading about some of those historical games. So I understand the historical significance and why Alabama uh, is Tennessee's biggest rival. Yeah, I mean, you're right. This has been a series of streaks. That's all it's been. I remember you know, right. growing up when I was little, man, Tennessee, as you mentioned, Tennessee won seven or eight years in a row. And I remember being at Neyland Stadium with my dad. I don't know what year it was, but when that when that streak I'm referencing was snapped and just the anarchy that was in the stadium at that point in time. And then, of course, you know Tennessee beats Saban his first year, and then it's it's 15 straight years where Alabama you know, takes down Tennessee until last year. It was a magical night at Neyland Stadium. The goalpost is in the Tennessee River somewhere. Go fund me, right, to go find some more goalposts because Tennessee doesn't have that money, nor did Tennessee have another goalpost. I find that hard to believe. Um, but uh, it, it was a really, really great game, a great night at Neyland Stadium last year. And um, it's going to be completely different, though, I feel like. This is an Alabama team that is different. This is a Tennessee team that's different. Is this Alabama team as good or is this Alabama team better than what you thought it would be? Or is it about where you thought it would be at this point in the season? It's probably better than what I thought it would be uh, two weeks into the season where when everybody – it's like an annual tradition where Alabama struggles at some point early in the season and everybody kind of writes the obituary for Alabama and wonders if Nick Saban's lost his fastball and what kind of programs he had and are they on the decline and, and all this stuff. And, and they're not. They're That's a really good football team. They don't have the big-name quarterback, the Heisman Trophy candidate, the guy that you've come to you know kind of get used to at that position. 
uh, given Nick's recent history there. So, you know, from Jalen Milrow losing to Texas at home by 10 or whatever it was and getting benched and struggling the way they did against South Florida a week later, um, for them to win whatever it's been since then, five in a row, something like that, I think they're a, a lot better than people gave them credit for the first few weeks of the season. They're not your usual Alabama, uh, but still, that's a very high bar to cross. You're still a really good football pl- uh, team, even if you're not the usual Alabama that, that everybody's used to seeing. And it's kind of like dang if you do, dang if you don't, right? You set this precedent so high for right. what you've been, you know, the last, I mean, you've been great for a while, but especially this last decade offensively. And, um, I mean, you just look at the stats here and you look at what you've seen so far this year. I mean, again, it's why you go out and play the game and Tennessee hadn't played this game yet against Alabama, but you know, on paper and just watching them, I mean, this offense, clearly it's nowhere close to being what it was last year, two years ago, three years ago. It's not a very good offensive unit. Now that doesn't mean you can't win games, but point blank, this is not a very good offensive unit defensively. It's not, you know, number one in the sec, it's not, I don't believe it's number two in the SEC, but it's about three across the board. This is a pretty solid, it's a pretty sound defense from you know Kevin Steele and of course Nick Saban. And so all around, I would agree with you. I think this is a this is a good football team. All around, it's got talent. Um, it, it's well coached. I think this is a football team that can win double digits games this season. Um, but when you compare it to the likes of Alabama, you know, last year where it's kind of funny, you know, with Bryce Young, he makes the world a difference. You lost two play, you lost two games in the last play of the game. I think without him, they could have been a an mm-hmm. eight and four football team. He was that good. But you compare it to the likes of you know a couple years ago and a couple years ago. I mean, offensively, explosion wise, it's just not there. I mean, this game overall, you look at Tennessee, no Hendon Hooker, no Jalen Hyatt, Cedric Tillman didn't play in this game, but no Byron Young. I mean, so, you know, no Darnell Wright, um, no Bruce McCoy because he's out with injury. You look at Alabama, no Bryce Young, no Jameer Gibbs. Um, I mean, I'm, there, there's other ones I'm missing here. I know that, but it, it's, it's missing a lot of star power compared to where it was. Um, I still think it could be a really, really good football game. I just think it's going to be a different type of football game. We're down the back. We're going back to those nineties. We were talking about, I feel like it's going to be a lot of defense running the football, which Alabama has not done as well as I thought it would th- to this point this year, but running the football, playing some defense, and it's going to be a low scoring affair in my opinion. Yeah, it's 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 hard to think about. Uh, we were talking about it Saturday uh, during that A and M game. That that was the same weekend a year ago where it's fifty two to forty nine, and uh, Jalen Hunt was getting behind defenses, and it felt like one explosive play after the other. And here Tennessee has beaten Texas A and M twenty to thirteen, uh, and the lowest point total Heupel's ever had as a head coach in a, in a game that he's won. And it does feel like it's going to be something similar. I don't know if it's twenty thirteen. I don't I don't know if it's six to three like it was in whatever year that was in the two thousands or. Definitely not going to be 52 to 49. If it's 52 to 49, somebody's gone off and, and something crazy has happened. So, yeah, it, it does feel like it's going to be kind of dialed back and, and from a different era kind of than what we've gotten used to the last couple of years with this Tennessee offense. But like we saw last week, Tennessee can win those games. And Tennessee can get physical, and this defense is pretty legit, and this defense has some teeth to it. So uh, your defense, if, if it shows up, if it travels, it can keep you in a game like that because we saw last week it's pretty for real. All right, I, I do want to uh, you know hit on one more thing before we get into price picks. Love that price pick segments we do. We go over under and pick you know what these Tennessee players are going to do, what these Alabama players are going to do, and you can as well. Pricepicks.com. We'll get more information on that here in just a moment. Um, but I do want to you know point out here, like I understand last week, and we talked about it all week. I understand the frustrations last week. I mean, Joe Milton, you know, we talked about it tons and tons of times. 
11 to 2200 yards touchdown interception you know that that's not good enough um but like i feel like leaving that game against a&m man there were so much good from tennessee but mm-hmm. it's just overshadowed because the most important and the most popular position in all the sports was not good i mean that run game incredible against at the time that the, the i haven't checked this week honestly but the the league's best rush defense um was incredible defense was incredible uh special teams was incredible um you just couldn't throw the football and, and again you'll have to throw the football uh, in order to win some games like this my point is my point is i feel like everybody's just like oh you'll get killed by bama oh you'll get killed by bama Tennessee 100% can win this football game. I mean, on paper, I've, I've loved this matchup all week long. I really have, and we'll get into predictions later on. But Tennessee can absolutely win this football game. But Grant, you're going to have to get more from Joe Milton, and obviously you're going to have to handle the road environments. And those are two huge variables. You know, one, Joe Milton's got to play better. But two, Tennessee hadn't handled the road environment well, you know, dating back to uh, November of last year. So, again, I love this. I love the numbers. I love this matchup. But those are two huge variables that Tennessee's going to have to bank on in order to get this win, and uh, we'll see if it does. Here's how good Tennessee was uh, against the run. Uh, sorry, running the football against A and M. A and M's defense was first in the league last week, giving up 84 yards a game. A uh, and M is fourth this week, giving up 105 yards a game. That's how. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't be more impressed with the way Tennessee ran the football. Not only because they put 232 on that defensive front, but because uh, wait, didn't I have 232 against South Carolina? Did they really just hit that I number? I think you did. Removed from, oh, my goodness. Uh, that's besides the point. But for them to do that when Joe's only throwing for 100 yards, right, and, and you're not getting a ton out of the pass game, obviously. I mean, that's pretty one-dimensional. And for them to still be that productive on the ground. And maybe I'm crazy. I understand the frustrations with fans and Joe Milton. Joe's not their biggest problem. Like, Ramel Keaton's got to catch that ball. That's a touchdown. He's got to keep running on that other route. That's That could have been a touchdown. That could have taken you deep in the red zone there in the second half. It's like a uh, kind of a corner route that he just looked, looked like he quit running on for whatever reason. Like Chaz Nimrod, maybe that was pass interference down there near the goal line, but he looks like he got hands on the ball and maybe could have caught it. Like He needs more help from his receivers, I think, I agree. more so than his receivers need help from him. And maybe that's crazy. But And, it, and I also think you have to – appreciate the fact that you got a pretty good defense and you've got an elite running game and you can you can slow down on the pass production when you have those two factors at your side if those two factors continue to show up and I agree 100% with you this this matchup is something that Tennessee can win but what worries me is off the uh, not on the field but the environment and going on the road because we saw what Tennessee looked like at Florida we saw what they looked like at South Carolina we saw what they looked like at Georgia those were really the last three true road games. They didn't play well. Uh, hostile environment road games, I guess I should say, because Vanderbilt doesn't really count uh, in November. So I need to see how they handle the road, uh, the noise, uh, a fast start, a sustained fast start, settling in, not letting it get away from them early like we saw at Florida. Let's listen to what Josh Heupel and center Cooper Mays had to say earlier this week on that note, crowd noise. How do you handle it? How do you deal with it? Um this is what they said earlier in the week, and uh, we'll bring it right here on Game Quest. Yeah, uh, end of the day, uh, we got to do a great job of communicating. Um, you got to focus on your job and uh, be dialed into that. Uh, it's 11 on 11 when you're inside the line. So, um, you know, we've continued to work that. Um, believe we'll be, be ready for it when we uh, hit game day. Yeah, just doing our job at a high level. You know, I think if you look at all those things that went wrong in that game, a lot of it was self-inflicted. So just going out there, being ready for the moment and, you know, just having clear communication, even when it's loud out there, just doing our jobs at a really high level. 
Um, it, it just differs kind of on the environment. Basically for, you know, cadence, they'll do some silent count stuff if it's going to be a loud environment. And then, you know, just different facets of snap count and if it's going to be verbal on the hands or silent. Um, not much, but kind of stuff like that in third down. You know, if you went to your everyday job and somebody put a speaker right next to your head and it was about as loud as it got, you probably wouldn't be very good at your job. So that's that's just the challenge. It's just it's an added level of chaos a little bit. It's going to be a huge challenge. 100% is going to be uh, an added level of chaos, and it's a chaos that Tennessee has not dealt with well of late. Didn't have Cooper Mays in Florida. Did have Cooper Mays in Athens last year, but still a different team. We'll see what happens. And, again, I can – and we'll continue to get into this. I can love this matchup so much for Tennessee, and I do. I really do. But how you deal with all that pre-snap nonsense, that might tell the tell of the game. Uh, more on that in a moment. But first, I want to tell you all about price picks. Uh, PricePicks.com, it's a place where you can have a whole lot of fun winning 25 times your money on any entry. First-time users that deposit and use the promo code VQ, that's promo code VQ, will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Meaning if I put in $50, price picks, if you put in that promo code VQ, they're going to deposit you $50 as well. They're going to match you. If, you, if I put in $100, they're going to give you $100 up to $100. Um, it's, it's a whole lot of fun, and, and it's where you can have fun uh, winning 25 times your money on any entry. So how does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than the price pick projection, that's when you can win 25 times your money on any entry. So uh, I'm going to show you exactly kind of how this works. All right, if you're watching on YouTube, you just go to littlepricepicks.com, and uh, you make a login and all that, and you sign up in here, and and you can see kind of right here the totals. See, this is just an example. Pat Mahomes, 199.5. You're going to say over, under, or more or less, and, and he's one of your six. You can go two to six players. You see Pat Mahomes here, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Josh Allen. That's a four-pack. Uh, but you only need two, but you can go up to as many as six. So uh, for right now, Grant Ramey and I are going to uh, you know do a little Tennessee-Alabama edition. And let's start with Joe Milton. 225 passing yards. Will Joe Milton throw for more or less 225, Grant Ramey? He's going to have to throw for more uh, if Tennessee's going to win this football game. But I think he throws for less because we haven't seen it consistently be above that number. And obviously, he's coming off a 11 for 2,200 yards touchdown in the interception against Texas A&M. So uh, recency bias, he, he wasn't great. And the, the wide receivers weren't great either, like we talked about, against A&M. So I'm going to have to see it before I believe it. I think it'll be lower. Yeah, same here. Um I think Joe Milton will pass for significantly more than his last week's total of 100, but uh, I think it's going to be below the 25, the 225. So I'll go under as well. Jalen Wright, 114 and a half rushing yards. The hooks in there. Are you going to go more or less than Jalen Wright? It's got to be more because that's Tennessee's bread and butter. It's what they do best. They run the football. Jalen Wright's the best running back they've got. They've got three good ones, but Jalen's the best. He can go for 136 against an A&M defense that had only given up, hadn't given up a runner, uh, a rusher, uh, more than 60 yards in a game. Uh, I think he could do it again at this number. I'd go more. I like that as well, and I like Jabari Small for at least 50, and I like Dylan Sampson to get in there and get involved, uh, hopefully a little bit. But throw some Utah passes to Dylan Sampson. Let him go, you know? Right. Um, I like that over as well. Uh, let's go to Alabama's side. Let's go Jalen Milrow, and not Jalen Milrow passing the football, Jalen Milrow rushing the football. If you go look at his individual game stats, he had a really good running game early in the season. 
Um, and then he's had a couple of games where he's gotten sacked a lot, so it's pushed that rushing total down significantly. He's not been a huge run threat, but he is a run threat, and uh, Tennessee will have to have to watch that. Jalen Milrow, 45 and a half rushing yards, more or less? I'm going to go with more uh, just because I feel like I've watched enough quarterbacks run on Tennessee over the years to just assume it's going to happen, and they're going to get pressure after him. It's going to be a matter of how, how well do they get home and, and how much they contain him when they don't get home. Uh, can they keep him kind of in front of him and not give up huge chunk plays uh, to keep Alabama's offense on the field? So I'm, I'm going to go higher, uh, but Tennessee needs it to be lower if they're going to win this football game. Yeah, I would agree. I've watched enough Tennessee football to know that they're, <laughs> you know, on third and 17, the quarterback's going to run and get 19. Um, somebody right. asked me on the little chat I did late Wednesday night, you know, the worst thing possible would be to knock Milrow out and have a backup quarterback come in. I was like, I mean, I hear yep. where you're coming from, but in terms of a running standpoint, Buckner nor Simpson can run, you know, at all compared to what Milrow looks like. But anyway, I will go, I will go over the 55 and a half rushing yards for Jalen Milrow. All right, Tennessee sacks as a unit. Tennessee's defense. Last week, only got two sacks, but it hit Max Johnson all game long. The sack total here is three and a half. Alabama's offensive line has given up 30 sacks this season. Three and a half is the number. Three in the hook. Tennessee get more or less than three and a half sacks. Uh, more because of that Alabama offensive line. They've already given up through six games more sacks than they gave up all of last season, uh, a lot more. I think it's like 31 this year. I think they gave up 22 last year total uh, in yeah. 13 games. So that's a huge number, obviously, uh, most in the SEC allowed. And Tennessee is one of the best pass rush defenses uh, at this point in the season that, that we've seen. And what I liked about A&M is they only had two sacks, but they had 11 quarterback hurries. And I think that was a mm -hmm. season high for that front. So. Uh, it's going to be a matter of not only getting after him, uh, Milrow, but getting him on the ground. I think it needs to be higher for Tennessee to, to hang around here. It's just so surprising because they have Seth McLaughlin, who's you know said to be the best center in the league, right? Or you know that Georgia mm -hmm. guy might be, but he's number two. I mean, he's a really good player. You got Tyler Booker, J.C. Latham. Those are all SEC players. You have Caden Proctor, five-star left tackle. Now he is a freshman, and Tennessee will have to – uh, use that to its advantage, but uh, there's a lot of name recognition there. But I'm with you, man. Give me the over. Over, over, over. Give me more, more, more uh, Tennessee to get after there and have at least four sacks. You can play this as well. Go to pricepix.com. Use that promo code VQ, promo code VQ, to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, pick uh, two to six players. So, like, more or less in the price pick projections, you can win 25 times your money on any entry. Pricepix.com. Uh, Promo code VQ, promo code VQ. That's at pricepicks.com. Hey, welcome back into GameQuest, VolQuest.com game day podcast. I'm Eric Kane, Grant Ramey. Big shout out to Price Picks for being a part of the show. Third Saturday in October. It's a big one, Grant. It's Tennessee and Alabama, and we kind of we kind of dove into it a little bit, put our toes in the water there the first half of the show. Let's let's really kind of dive in and find out who Alabama is. Uh, of course, it's got one loss on the season. It's six and one. It's four and one in SEC play, or four and zero oh in SEC play. And since that loss to Texas at home in week two, it has reeled off five straight wins. Those wins have come over some notable Ole Miss at A and M, just beat Arkansas in kind of a a gross looking twenty four twenty one game. It still counts as a win. Um, <clears throat> but we'll start with offense, not as explosive, missing those firepowers as we mentioned earlier. Points per game, 30. That's ninth in the SEC. Total offense, 367 yards on average. That's 10th in the SEC. 219 passing yards on average. That's 10th in the SEC. 
and maybe the most surprising thing of it all, 148 rushing yards on average. That is eighth in the SEC. Jace McClellan's a guy that we know, that name. Uh, 95 attempts, 454 yards, three touchdowns. Roy Dale Williams has 319 yards, uh, a touchdown. Um, again, overall, this offensive line is blocking at only a 3.8 yard per carry clip. Um, I've been surprised about the um, about the lack of, of of run game for Alabama through seven games for them. It's just it's just weird to read across stat lines like that and, and hear eighth and ninth and tenth in the SEC and just kind of middle of the road or worse for Alabama, uh, which would be a huge advantage for Tennessee if this were 2022 and you're averaging what 46.1 points a game and, and oh, yeah. crazy explosive on offense. The problem for 2023 Tennessee is we haven't seen that yet, and I'm not sure when we're going to see it, if we're going to see it, if it ever gets to that point. You don't have to score a ton of points to beat Tennessee, as we saw last week. A&M scores that opening drive touchdown. They don't get back in the end zone the rest of the game because they're pretty bad on offense, um, and they're still in that football game, and, and Tennessee's holding on late in that game in the fourth quarter. So you don't have to do a ton uh, to beat this Tennessee team offensively, uh, it just depends on what kind of Tennessee defense shows up. If it's a third down stuff at Florida where you can't get off the field and it's miserable in the first half, then it's going to be a problem. Uh, you can beat this Tennessee team with a middle-of-the-road offense. It's just a matter of how Tennessee handle third down, how Tennessee handle the environment, how Tennessee handle early on and settle in and, and kind of feel a little bit comfortable on the road because we haven't seen that yet. Wide receivers. Um, Jermaine Burton is the, the go-to guy. Uh, former Georgia Bulldog, he made headlines for you know after the football game last year at Neyland Stadium. If you remember, um, Nick Saban had a stupid remark when asked about that into the media. I'll never forget that. I mean, take some ownership, why don't you? Uh, 19 receptions, 446 yards, and four touchdowns. He's had a really good year. 23 yards per catch. He's a good player, and um, I think it took him a little while to kind of get in sync with Alabama. But he's Jermaine Burton is playing really really well this year Isaiah Bond 20 receptions two touchdowns Ja'Cory Brooks I don't know if there's been an injury there I don't know the situation I don't watch every Alabama game it looks like he's played in every game three receptions 30 yards Ja'Cory Brooks is one of the better freshmen in America last year anyway he's there I think um you know we'll see but that's kind of a, a head scratcher there I guess what I'm trying to say is again not the firepower wide receiver like we're used to seeing from Alabama going back the last six seven years yeah, it's it's not a Waddle, it's not a Mechie, it's not a I don't I don't know uh, all the list of names there, but Devonta yeah, Smith. Yeah, and it's for Tennessee, I th- right? Devonta Smith. For Tennessee, it's just I think eliminating explosive plays. Um, if you can create turnovers the way they have kind of recently uh, in the secondary, um, I, I don't know. Just what we saw from Kamal Haddon a month ago at Florida, and what he is now, and the kind of the transformation he's made. And Gabe Judy Lolly and the stuff you're getting from him. And I mean, the secondary has been pretty good. They, they, they're get to the point where they're holding their own. So uh, if they can hold their own Saturday, if they can uh, eliminate explosive plays and kind of just kind of keep everything in front of them, uh, make make Alabama beat you with extended drives and, you know, uh, not, the, not the big chunk plays. I, I think that's, a, that's a pretty much a job well done because, what, like you said, we, you went across the numbers across the board on this offense. It's, it's pretty middle of the road in the SEC. It's just a matter of how much can you eliminate the explosive plays uh, and keep that place from going crazy. Last piece of that offense we'll talk about is the most important piece, and that is the quarterback position. Um, Jalen Milrow got the start to begin the season. They had that big matchup against Texas in week two. Saban kind of opened it up, said, all right, if anybody's better than Milrow, let me see it. Nobody could take control of that. Milrow's the guy, and he's gotten better. Um, he's got over th- – 
nearly 1,400 yards passing on the season, completing passes at 64%, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. He's averaging uh, 232 yards through the air a, a game. He's rushed for 325 yards. He's got five touchdowns. Those are yards gained, okay? Um, right. That's not his net. I'm not taking sacks in consideration. He has rushed, gained for 325 yards and five touchdowns. Um, do you want to pull out this stat here? Pro football focus, pocket protector. I'm a nerd. I love these stats when they break it down deep, middle, middle, short, all that type of stuff. We know of Joe Milton's struggles through the air. I mean, I think uh, now it's like 8 of 35 on the year, 20 yards down the field. It's not good. Jalen Milrow the last couple of weeks has shown he can throw the deep ball, and they're throwing it at a high clip. Jalen Milrow on the season, 20 yards plus down the field, 19 of 31, 61%, nine touchdowns, no interceptions. And that pro football focus grading scale, it's at 98.9, which is very much elite in that category. So pretty good. really good throwing the ball down the middle. Where he struggles, Grant, is medium intermediate 10 to 19 yards 16 to 31 51 percent 307 yards one touchdown three interceptions so the question is if you're tim banks do you play it like florida do you keep everything in front of you try to bottle it up and make tackles and rely on that front four or do you put pressure on him um i i I think personally the starting thing to do is what you did at florida but don't be so married to it if it's not working change things up and, and still take your chances and blitz and everything but for a guy that struggles intermediate, I say bottle everything up, keep everything in front of you. At least start out that way with the way your front force playing. Yeah, I think that's it's fine to have that same mentality, mindset, game plan, whatever that you had at Florida, and, and trying to keep everything in front of you and trying to make the opposing quarterback beat you in the uh, medium game, the you know intermediate stuff. Uh, but yes, if it's if it's Florida repeat where you're not getting off the field on third down, then you got to make changes and you got to bring pressures and you got to figure out a way to get off the field because that's the thing that's going to get you beat is uh, one third down conversion after another. And almost it felt like it was automatic in Gainesville in that first half. And what Tennessee can't do is uh, get behind because it feels like they're just not very good at chasing points because you're relying on a ground game that's, that you need to run for 220, 230, whatever it is. And it's once you get in that one-dimensional mode where you have to play catch-up, through the pass game, that's what we saw Tennessee struggle with. And, and obviously, they, they dug a hole that was too deep at Florida. So, if it's not working, sure, keep everything in front of you. But if it's not working, you better figure out a, a plan B pretty quick. Josh Heupel, earlier in the week on Alabama quarterback Jalen Milrow. Yeah, he's made a bunch of plays from inside of the pocket, uh, pushing the football uh, down the football field. His ability, um, you know, if you don't have rush integrity to, to get out and make plays with his feet, uh, it's something that pops out on the tape. And, and then he obviously, like when the ball is in his hands uh, and he's a part of the run game, he's dynamic. So uh, he's somebody that you got to have bottled up, you know, every snap. He's, uh, he's a dynamic playmaker. He's turned the ball over six times overall, four interceptions, two fumbles lost. The offense overall, again, 31 sacks. It's, uh, it's, it's averaging 3.8 yards per carry on the ground. It's 44% on third downs. Red zone trips or touchdowns to trips, 20, let me start that over. Red zone, 12 touchdowns on 20 trips. Um, Let's shift gears now to defense. Now, where the offense is very underwhelming and very different, the defense is uh, more typical Alabama. Pretty solid uh, defense, 16 points per game. That is second in the SEC. Uh, uh, Allowing 292 yards of total offense the other way, that is third in the Southeastern Conference. 187 yards through the air, that's third. 104 yards on the ground, that is third. 
It's um, forced nine turnovers, seven interceptions, recovered two fumbles, 26 sacks on the season, and it's got 50 TFLs. You want to you want to talk about defense against defense? Look at how similar these lines are. I just read off Alabama's defensive categories. Tennessee allows 17 points per game. That's third in the SEC. Allows 303 yards of total offense. That's fourth in the SEC. 197 yards through the year. That's fifth. 105 yards on the ground, that's fifth. Uh, Tennessee's got 24 sacks, 52 tackles for loss, six interceptions, and two fumble recoveries. Two defenses that are playing very, very well. But Grant, it starts up front on the edges, maybe the best pass rusher, arguably. Tennessee's got a couple of good ones, too. Let me, don't mm-hmm. hear me wrong here, but arguably the, arguably the best pass rusher in the country in Dallas Turner, leading the SEC with seven sacks, nine-and-a-half TFLs, ten quarterback hurries, and two forced fumbles. Tennessee will have to block him as well as Chris Braswell on the edges. I mean, I think it comes down to what we talked about last weekend. I needed to see this run game be elite against a really good defensive front, and that's what A&M was, and that's what A&M is. I think that's what Alabama is as well. And they're going to have to have success in the run game to kind of slow down the pass rush and not allow A&M to pin their ears back. I mean, sorry, Bama to pin their ears back and come after uh, Joe Milton. I think I mean, if I'm Alabama, I'm loading up the box. I'm stopping the run. I'm daring you to beat me deep Um, because we haven't seen it yet happen, you know, very much or consistently at all at this point. So I'm going to dare you to take the top off this defense and and beat them deep. So if he's going to do that, if Joe's going to do that, he didn't have a ton of time against A&M to throw it deep. He's going to have to have a little bit of time to allow something to get up and downfield and take advantage down the field. So uh, we saw it last year with Will Anderson and Darnell Wright. Obviously, that's a top 10 uh, NFL draft matchup uh, in terms of picks. Uh, I don't know what Tennessee's offensive line. They don't have a darn all right this year, but they have been decent at, at keeping uh, Milton somewhat clean. So I think they're, they're going to have to play really, really big. Uh, a in the run game starts there, and then B in the pass game. How do you slow down that Alabama pass rush? Again, I mentioned Dallas Turner leading the SEC in sacks, but Chris Braswell on the other side, four and a half sacks, seven TFLs, three quarterback hurries, has a has a uh, a pick six. Yeah, he's got a pick six, blocked a kick. I mean, he's a really good player. Ask Josh Heupel that earlier in the week, and, and this is what he had to say. I'm going to say this, and it's kind of on repeat from last week, too. you got to have some efficiency in the run game. Um, you know, you get into long yardage situation, these guys are going to be able to pin their ears back and, and come after the quarterback. They're multiple in, in what they do. Um, all five guys got to operate together in the run game, but uh, you got to be in sync in, in your pass protections, too, and you got to get the ball out on time. Um, there's going to be a bunch of one-on-one matchups out on the outside. you got to go win some of those matchups and um, and uh, be accurate with the football. So it's going to take all 11. Um, they all play a piece in, in what goes on uh, in the run game and in the pass game too. End of the day, really sound defensive group. It starts with a pass rush. We told you all about it. Two really sound inside linebackers. Um, you go to that secondary, get Malachi Moore back at the star position. That's big for Alabama. Um, again, you got some you got some good cornerbacks. I mean, Kool-Aid McKinstry, a, he's an NFL guy, all right? You got Terry and Arnold, who's I remember him from recruiting days. He's a really, really good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jalen Key, Caleb Downs at your safety spots. Um, it is not going to be easy whatsoever. Um, but uh, again, I think one of these keys to the game for Tennessee is we transition there. I mean, Tennessee is, is you got to UBU. I mean, you got to continue UBU, Brent Hub style. You got to run the football. You got to find some efficiency there and, and, and lean on that run game, but you still got to take your shots. And, um, I just think one of the biggest things for success for this offense, if Tennessee is going to be successful, is going to be Jalen Wright. Tennessee loves to run to rush on first down. 
to get you in second manageable um, and, and to have a good day on the ground. I, I, I think this run game is is the biggest caveat for Tennessee against the stout defense. I think Tennessee can run on, on Alabama, and, and you need to continue to take your shots off it. Again, I know the numbers are not good for Joe Milton down the field. you got to keep taking your shots. you got to keep taking your shots um, because, man, one of those one of those completions can blow that game wide open. Look at – Right. Look at Alabama and A&M a couple weeks ago. I mean, that's how it was for Milrose. So, um, really sound defense, but Tennessee needs to just be you and, and, and run that football. I think I think with Ramel Keaton, it's almost like he's got the yips at this point. Like, he's thinking about it. Like, it takes one drop to kind of hurt your – to destroy your confidence, and it, it could take one big play to kind of restore that confidence. And he had a really – that was a really nice touchdown he had at Florida in the first half, that opening drive, and that's mm-hmm. a great ball from Joe. And Joe had a great ball to Dante Thornton later in that game down the field, and that was a great catch. And he put one on Brew McCoy uh, in the second half, uh, in the fourth quarter, I guess, when it was Tennessee was trying to do something. So they're capable, and score a lot. We've seen him, too, make plays down the field. They're capable of doing it. They just haven't done it on a consistent basis. Now, Jalen Wright, I think, is going to get his. You're going to have to get creative with draws and screens and shovel passes or whatever to get Dylan Sampson involved. And I think Jabari Small is going to get his. Um, so I, I think they're, they'll do their thing in the run game. It's just how many explosive plays can they create in the passing game? Can they restore some confidence? Can they get more from their wide receivers than we've seen them get uh, the last couple of weeks? Because they got to have more. It's just that simple. It's, it's not all on Joe. Joe can be better, sure, uh, but the wide receivers can be a lot better, uh, and they need to start seeing that this week. Again, I think um, with a good run game, with a good defense, a good special teams, you know, and a mediocre quarterback play, you can still win a lot of games in, in Southeastern Conference play, but to win the big ones, especially you know road environment and stuff, you got to get more out of your quarterback. So for Tennessee to win this game, Joe Milton's got to Joe Milton's got to make some plays. Now, will he be perfect? No. Somebody asked me in my chat the other night, like, you know, fill in the blank for Tennessee to win. Joe Milton throws for blank yards, and Joe Milton throws for less. Joe Milton throws for less than Blake interceptions. I put like two hundred twenty-five yards. And I put, because I mean, again, you don't have to be Superman here, especially if you have a run mm-hmm. game. I put 225 yards and I said less than two interceptions because, again, you know, interceptions happen. That's football when you play good defenses, but you, you can't continue to make a habit. And in SEC play, Joe Milton has turned the football over and, and that just can't, can't happen. So I think if Tennessee's going to win this game, Joe Milton obviously has to play better than he did last week. Um, I think that he's got to go out and make some plays. I love. I would love to see Grant. What do you think about this early in the game? Maybe not play one, but early in the game, take a shot with Joe. Do a design quarterback run, whether it's a zone re-keep, whether it's a um, what, whether it's a speed option, just something to get him going, get those juices flowing, adrenaline going. You know, tr- trying to get him a little bit more energized earlier in the game. I I, I would like to see that if I'm Tennessee. I love the uh, option wrinkle that they've shown. Yeah. Uh, not not a ton of. We saw it against A&M last week, and, and Joe made a really good read there and got up the field. Uh, that was a uh, wasn't an option, I don't think, on that first play against UTSA, but it was a read play where Joe had to get out wide read, and read yeah. the defense. So I, I think Joe, I think that could be a strength for Joe Milton because we've seen him play well in those very few times that we've seen that. So I think that's something that, yeah, you could settle in and have that option look and let Joe make that read and let Joe get up the field and, and maybe get a little bit of chunk yardage there to – to maybe get something going for Tennessee early and to, to maybe help them settle in because 
Uh, I don't know. The, the handoffs up the middle, it feels like almost uh, you're waving the white flag on some of those plays because uh, it's like there's a big play and then they just hand it off the middle and then it's second 12 and it feels like you've, uh, I don't know, shot yourself in the foot. So I think that it's going to have to be creative and in space and, and trying to stretch them out uh, as much as you can to help get some chunk yardage and, and maybe help this Tennessee offense settle in and kind of regain some confidence. Um. Obviously, another key to key to the game, and, and again, it's just the caveat. I've been talking about it all week long, and I did it earlier in the show. It's like I can like Tennessee in this matchup. I like Tennessee doing this. I like Tennessee doing this. You got to do this. But the the overarching caveat here, you got to handle the road environment. You just got to be better yep. on the road. Pre snap penalty, procedural penalties, communication. You know, it, it's so critical. How much does Cooper Mays help in that regard? We're about to find out. I mean, he's not going to race everything. Okay, um, it's still playing on the road in the SEC. But those third and ones, when it gets loud, man, can you hold your yeah. water? Can, can you listen? Um, can you can you not get in the habit of starting first and fifteen like you did in the swamp? Because if that's your habit, then run game you you can kiss that that you know down the drain. It's gone, right? Like it, it's gone. So that's the biggest thing. And a lot of people are not picking Tennessee because of that reason, and that is completely fair. I've talked to a lot of people that said they would pick Tennessee this week if the, this game was at home. Tennessee is an eight and a half point underdog. The total is at 48 and a half at the time of this recording. And as we do every single week, we are recording this prior to our picks going out at VolQuest.com. So I'm putting you on the spot. Grant Ramey, score prediction, third Saturday in October, and then follow it with a bold prediction. Uh, you're not going to be happy, Tennessee fans. You're not going to be happy. I, I think Tennessee can win this game. A year ago, I picked Tennessee to beat Alabama, and I wrote it has to be in a perfect world for it to happen. And I think Tennessee had a perfect world situation, uh, the game, the way that played out. I think it has to be a perfect world situation again, but on the road, you know, I didn't know what was going to happen last week, but I picked Tennessee to beat Texas A&M because they're really tough to beat in Knoxville. Now, what we've seen from them on the road and what we've talked about for the last 30 minutes is they have not been good in hostile environments the last three times we've seen it happen. So I need to see them go on the road in a hostile environment like Brian Dennis game. I need to see them play well and be competitive that's why i can't pick them to win this game because i think they can i just don't think it's going to happen because i haven't seen it i haven't seen enough evidence to believe it's going to happen so i I think i'm going to be the biggest square in the world and and pick alabama to win 30 to 21 and it just depends on what kind of number you got whether which team covers that spread um and a bold prediction uh so you have you have yeah you have vols not covering well, it depends. If it's if it's Alabama minus ten, then uh, Tennessee covers, right? If it's uh, it well, if it's minus ten, yeah. Them. But if it's like at the time of this recording, it's eight and a half. So like if it's there, then you have Tennessee not covering. But it, it, it could change, right? Yeah. Biggest biggest square in the world. I'm picking the game by the point spread. So uh, let's see. What are we doing here? Uh, bold predictions. Uh, two hundred and twenty four yards rushing. Uh, and two touchdowns on the ground um, and a defensive touchdown. That's pretty bold, my man. It's pretty bold. Well, it's bold picks. Somebody last week tweeted me or DM me or something and said, hey, for your bold prediction next week, can you just say Tennessee <laughs> Tennessee scores 50 points? Because <laughs> our bold predictions have been hitting here lately. Um, okay. So, to be honest, though, I can't even I can't even remember mine from last week. Yeah. Uh, can you? From last week, no. The one against South Carolina, I definitely do because we, yes, we pretty much hit it um, almost. Man, I, you know, I, I did this on Locked On Vols earlier in the week, and like I have never been characterized as a homer, and I hope I've never been characterized as like a Tennessee hater. I mean, that's my job is to be in the middle. 
I have never been characterized as a homer. And, and I'm stupid for doing this, and I get it, because there are so many reasons why you shouldn't put Tennessee in this game. But I just, as somebody wrote on the board earlier this week, I just I got that feeling. I do. I just <laughs> the, the numbers, man, and, and I know you don't play it on on paper, but the numbers, so so much of it point to Tennessee. It really does. And you said last year you picked Tennessee, and it's, again, fair assessment. You picked Tennessee. It, everything has to line up, and it goes perfectly for Tennessee to win. I feel like this year you don't need that because I feel like Alabama, right. especially offensively, is just nowhere close. Like You're going to have ample opportunities when you make mistakes to overcome those mistakes, in my opinion. In my opinion. So... I'm going to pick Tennessee to win this one, man, and, and, and I know this is this is dumb. Um, I'm probably going to be the only VolQuest staff member, maybe Rob, um, that, that's going to pick this, but I, I just I don't know why. I, I just I have a feeling Tennessee can win this one. It would be the first win in Alabama since 03. It would be the second win in the last 16 years against Alabama for Tennessee. Right. Nothing makes sense. I recognize that, but I just I don't know. I, I like Tennessee to run the football. I like Joe Milton to be better. And I like Tennessee's defense not to be elite, but to be good and make some plays. And I think that's a winning formula. Caveat, handle the environment. And that's the thing. I haven't seen Tennessee handle the environment yet, so that's why it's so mm -hmm. dumb for me to pick Tennessee right now. And that's a big reason, reason why you didn't pick Tennessee. Um, Got to handle the environment. So, anyway, uh, Sunshine Pumpers, orange-shaded sunglasses here on Game Quest, um, at, least, at least over here for Eric Kane. Grant Ramey's bringing the program down, but uh, that's why we make such a good team, right? <laughs> Hey, if you're if you're right, Sunday will be a great day for you. While uh, I'll be getting tarred and feathered on the, the general's quarters, but hey, I'll I'll sit there and I'll take it. I mean, it, it, it is what it is. You're, you're you're guessing games. We need a bold prediction, though. You didn't give us a bold prediction. Oh yeah, yeah, bold prediction, bold prediction, bold prediction. Give me defensively, Tennessee forces three turnovers. I feel like that's pretty bold. I. I think Tennessee's going to get back there to Milrow, maybe make them fumble, maybe a strip sack, maybe something like that. I think that's going right. to be one of them. I, I like Tennessee get a pick, and then you know some combination of, of one of those for that third one. Um, I like Tennessee to win the turnover battle handedly, and that's a big reason why Tennessee's set up with short fields to help Milton, to help this offense, and to score some points. So uh, give me Tennessee's defense forcing three turnovers. Not Super Bowl, but that's a really, really good day at the office. If they force three turnovers and Tennessee runs the football like Tennessee has shown that it can pretty consistently run the football, that's a really, really good recipe for handling uh, a road environment and, and being in position to win a game uh, late, for sure. I mean, the way I'm talking, the way we're talking, I mean, it's, it sounds like Tennessee's going to have the best play the best football game in, in program history with all these rushing yards and Milton's going to connect on a few and three turnovers. No, nah, it's just... I think Tennessee's a solid team. Um, it might not be a championship team, but I think Tennessee is a solid team. It just needs some more help from the aerial attack, and we'll see if that happens. Right. Grant Ramey, I am Eric Kane. This is Game Quest. Appreciate you guys for tuning in every single week. What a, an incredible deal happening right now. Help Grant Ramey to feed his children. Seriously, help him. Cue that music right now, you know? Help him feed his children. Sarah McLaughlin. $1 for one month or 50% off your first year, annual, first year annual subscription. That deal is not going to last much longer. Just this week until after the game, that's at VolQuest.com. Come and join our family and uh, the craziness over on the Journal's Quarters. Appreciate you guys for being here. If you're uh, if you're going to the game this weekend, drive safe, have fun, and uh, we'll see what happens, guys. VolQuest.com. Grant Ramey, I'm Eric Daniels.